going to welcome everyone to our podcast. Uh, it's called the, From the Preacher's Study. We're sitting here in the Preacher's Study mm-hmm. at uh, the Oak Mountain Church of Christ uh, Church Building. We appreciate everybody joining us and uh, hope that you'll at least think along with us as we're talking about uh, Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to mm-hmm. t- talk some more about the marriage relationship. God instituted marriage in the beginning, of course, and He did that for our good. Mm-hmm. But sometimes things can go astray and marriage becomes you know, not, not a good situation. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do, of course, is work at our marriages uh, as God intended for them to be, and that, that'll be of benefit for everyone involved, for mm-hmm. husband and wife and for children. And so we hope that you may be driving in your car or uh, maybe uh, out for a a daily walk and listening to us. And so we hope at least you'll think along with us as we talk about these things. If you're sitting at home, take your Bible out or mm-hmm. pull your Bible out on your phone and follow along with us and think that'll be beneficial. But again, we appreciate everybody being with us and hope we'll have a good study today. Okay. Yeah, um, we whenever we conduct marriage ceremonies, we're always very careful to make it clear that there are three parties to any marriage. There's That's the man, right. and there's the wife, and then there's God. And, and so that is the critical component, that God be a part of every, every marriage, every home. And so that's why we're appealing to biblical teaching on how to conduct ourselves in this relationship, whether we be the spouse or the, the wife or the husband. God has laid out some principles uh, that will make us successful, some of which are specifically directed to those roles, some of which is just general instruction that will help us get along with anybody, most especially uh, between spouses. And so isn't it appropriate for us to hearken to and heed the Word of God, His wisdom, His counsel? Uh, if you have marriage problems, there's no better place to go than the Word of God to work those things out. Right. We talk about, you reminded me of a, a point that's, I think, worth making. We we talk about marriage being a covenant, mm-hmm. a covenant between two parties, of mm-hmm. course, a man and a woman, a mm-hmm. husband and wife, and between God. But every every covenant has stipulations right. to to observe and to keep. Mm-hmm. And so as a member of a covenant mm-hmm. with my wife, I have conditions, I have That's stipulations, right. obligations to keep, and she has obligations to keep. That's and right. the two of us have obligations to keep before God. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that covenant, we're bound together, but we don't want to neglect doing our responsibility to, to live up to those, those terms. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about a marriage and uh, some marriages, as we indicated, are really not what God would have them to be. And they're, they're not pleasant situations. Right. They're sort of miserable situations mm-hmm. for everybody involved. I describe it sometimes as a, a tug of war. Right. Every right. day is a tug of war. Uh-huh. You know, husband, he's, he's tugging. He wants things his way. Mm-hmm. The wife's tugging her direction. She wants things her way. And it's a kind of a fight and a struggle every day. And that's the, not the way God intended no, for it to all. be. We talked about some attitudes that mm-hmm. are harmful to marriages. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Things like selfishness mm-hmm. and pride mm-hmm. uh, and uh, anger. Mm-hmm. Talked about some of those things. Well, we want to shift a little bit and talk about some attitudes that are helpful and beneficial right. to marriage. Right. And I'm going to draw on... Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to stay in the book of Ephesians. Go back to Ephesians chapter 4. Now, in this particular passage, I imagine Paul has in mind unity in a local church. Right, right. But the, the characteristics and the ideas that he mentions here really are things we need to put into practice and develop in order to bring about unity in every situation. Mm-hmm. Of course, if we do these things, we'll have unity in the local church, but we can 
If we develop these attitudes, we'll have unity in our marriages as well. Right, right. All interpersonal relationships yeah, can benefit that's right. from, from these principles, whether it's marriage, family, mm -hmm. church, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. That's right. So chapter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called, with all humility, gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And so these things produce unity. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to pick up on those qualities that he mentions here. Right. It's not an exhaustive study, but these will be helpful. Right. So the first one he mentions is, is humility. Mm -hmm. And so if we can develop a humble attitude, lowliness, maybe another, your translation may say, mm -hmm. in lowliness of mind or something That's like right. that. Yeah. Um, that's going to help us in our marriage. If we're proud and arrogant, that's, that's not going to help our marriage. We need to develop a humble spirit. A humble person can see his own faults. Mm -hmm. you know, an arrogant person, he can't see his faults. He doesn't <laughs> think he has any faults. Right, right. But a humble person can see those faults, and he can determine, well, I'm going to do better. Right. I can see where I'm falling short. I, I'm going I'm to do better. He can improve those areas, and he does his best to improve. A humble person is able to say when he's wrong, Absolutely. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I won't do that anymore. And that goes a long Absolutely. way. How many problems could be solved in a marriage by someone just saying, I'm sorry, right. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I won't do that anymore. Right. And so that, but that requires some humility. Right. An arrogant person is not going to do that. And that's going to just create problems. Absolutely. And so a humble attitude really will help us to bring about unity. I thought, you know, a marriage can, can survive one proud person <laughs> if the other person's willing to live a miserable life, <laughs> but not too proud Right, people. right. That's right. going to really be, be detrimental. An arrogant person thinks his way is the right way. That's always. Right, right, right. My way is always the right way. Yeah. But a humble person is willing to consider the other person and willing to, to yield. Mm -hmm. A humble person is willing to do the low, lowest mm -hmm, task. Mm -hmm. And so a, an arrogant person or a conceited person, he's not going to lower himself to do certain things. But right. a humble person is willing to wash the disciples' That's feet. Right. That's right. And so humility in marriage will help us to work together and blend together into, as uh, Genesis Chapter one says, you know, we become one. Mm -hmm. Any comments about that? Yeah, I Kevin. think one of the aspects of being humble, and you touched on it, is the willingness to listen, to listen to the other person, listen to your husband, listen to your wife. You know, it's clear that there are differences between husbands and wives. Uh, that's why First Peter three seven says to the husbands to dwell with their wives with understanding. If it was obvious that we were exactly the same, no differences. There's no need to understand. So, how do you reach that level of understanding? You listen and you learn. It takes humility to close your mouth and say, okay, let me hear how this person feels about this, how this person reacted to that, how they perceive that. And, you know, it may not be the way you perceive it. There may be a temptation to, to kind of fight it and it shouldn't be that way and let me change you. No, no, no. Humility says, let me listen to Try. what they have to say because if it's really that important to them and they're part of my one flesh relationship and I want them to be in good spirits, I want to nurture them, I want to cherish them, then I'm going to listen and then I'm going to adapt my behavior accordingly to address what I learned while I'm listening. That's right. That's right. So it's just this attitude really of, of placing value on the mm -hmm. other person, mm -hmm. not, not on yourself, right. but on the other person. That's and, right. and of course, that's 
say, the prime example of that with Christ. Absolutely. He mentions here gentleness. Mm -hmm. And so if we can be less harsh in our mm -hmm. words, mm -hmm. less abrasive in our words, mm -hmm. if we can be gentle and meek, well, that's, that's going to be helpful, isn't it? It is. And so if we can even suffer wrong without retaliation, right. if we can develop a forgiving spirit, a mild spirit, uh, be considerate and courteous, well, that's, that's going to be very helpful in our marriage. Absolutely. And so be gentle mm -hmm. in word and deed, Amen. and that'll go a long way. Uh, Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns yeah, into wrath. That's right. I always think about that. So like you said, and we've mentioned this before, be the one who de-escalates. You're the one that's that turns right. the temperature down. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He mentions patience and long-suffering. And so just a long holding back of emotions before expressing them. Just, just keep your emotions in check. Like you were saying yeah, a moment right. ago, listen, right. keep your... You know, keep your emotions down, keep mm -hmm. them under control, be willing to wait, withhold response. Mm -hmm. You know, the long suffering of the Lord is our salvation, mm -hmm. Second Peter chapter oh, three yeah. says. And yeah. so the Lord, He's He's patient with us, long suffering toward us, mm -hmm. and um, He's He allows us to grow and to develop. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. doubt exasperated by our, our immaturity at right, times, right. but he allows us to grow and develop. Right. And so it should be in marriage. And so uh -huh. be patient and long suffering right. and, and wait and give people an opportunity to grow as we grow ourselves. That's a great point. I was thinking, um, it's very hard to change immediately on the dime. And so if one has bad habits, certainly the Lord is patient with us, giving us an opportunity to work out of those sorts of things. Uh, shouldn't we extend the same mercy and grace to our spouses? Maybe there's something that they're working on. It's not the most becoming uh, attribute, but they're working on it, and it may not change overnight, and they yeah. may still do some of those things. It doesn't mean they don't love you. It doesn't mean they're being mean-spirited. They're just working that thing out, yeah. and so give them the grace and the period and opportunity to do that. You know, if you lash out every time <laughs> you're, you feel slighted or every right. time, you know, if you, your marriage is in trouble. That's you know, right. if, you, if you just lash out immediately, that's going to be a problem. Right. And so long-suffering and patient and, right. and uh, waiting. Amen. He talks about being tolerant and forbearing. So mm -hmm. endure or to bear with or I, I, sometimes it's just to put up with. <laughs> so you're going to have differences. Men and women right. are different. That's right. That's right. Uh, if people haven't noticed, there's some differences Absolutely. between men and Absolutely. women. Absolutely. No and so sometimes you're just not going to see eye to eye on That's things. Right. You might talk them out and discuss them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those discussions may be uh, enthusiastic, you know. But sometimes <laughs> you just have to just, okay, it's just, I just have to put up with that. Right, right. You just have to tolerate that. And so mm -hmm. be forbearing. And sometimes you just have to accept things the way they are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, yeah, um, that's right. you know, uh, if we can do that and do that without complaint, you right, know, right. Philippians chapter two, verse 12, yeah, verse 14, do all mm -hmm. things without grumbling and yeah. murmuring, you know. And so we learn to uh, accept things that we might wish were different mm -hmm. and do it without complaint. Amen. Amen. And I think uh, just another point here. That's important in Ephesians chapter four is verse three. Yes. Be yeah, diligent. Yeah, right. You know, we, you know, the, the common idea and the idea that's promoted a lot is, you know, you fall in love right. and you live happily ever after uh -huh. and everything just falls into place <laughs> and nothing bad ever happens. Uh -huh. And you just, 
you know, gaze lovingly into each other's eyes every day. And, you know, that's an unrealistic that's right. situation. If we that's buy into that, we might right. be in trouble, really. Yeah. Yeah. If you buy into the idea, mm-hmm. if you're glossing over serious problems and right. uh, serious defects in a person's character, and you just uh-huh. think, well, we're in love and everything's going to work out, you're in for a rude awakening. Yeah. Every relationship um, has challenges That's that right. have to be worked on. That's right. And so here he says, give diligence. So yeah. in a church yeah. set, set situation, right. local church situation, sometimes you got to work at right. unity and getting getting along and working well uh-huh. together. Uh-huh. And that's certainly true in, in marriage. Right. We've talked about just a moment ago how sometimes you talk things out and you just don't see eye to eye. Uh-huh. All right, you just got to figure out some way that that will work. Right. And that might take a little work. That'll take a little effort. Yep. Yeah, I love that idea in my version, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. So it's not a natural state of affairs. Uh, it's something we have to work at. We have to be intentional. We have to be deliberate. We have to be purposive. And certainly in marriages, if you want peace in your marriage, it doesn't come from just osmosis. It doesn't come just from being there. It's you have to work at it. I have to deliberately say, this will be a peaceful marriage. I'm going to do everything I can, Romans 12, 17, to live peaceably with all men uh, as much as is possible, as much as depends upon you. So you have to take it upon yourself and say, I'm going to take responsibility to promote peace in this relationship. That's right. So, and you've reminded me that, you know, peace in the Bible is not simply the absence of trouble. Mm-mm. And so you might have a marriage where um, you have a husband and he comes home from work and, and he goes into his room and the wife, she goes into his room and they never meet, they never talk. You know, it's just people, two people living together in the same house and right. they're peaceful. They don't argue, they don't fight because right. they don't interact very That's much right. at all. They might grunt yeah. at each other as they pass each other in the hallway, but right. you know, that's about it. But that's not, that's not biblical peace. Right, right. Biblical peace is a situation in which the well-being of every member in that relationship, everyone is thriving, mm-hmm. everyone is growing, mm-hmm. everyone is reaching their potential, everyone mm-hmm. is producing, and we do it without complaint right. and without conflict. Amen. And so that's what we want. When you say it's a peaceful marriage, right, right. that's the kind of marriage yeah. we want. Mm-hmm. Husband and wife are thriving, mm-hmm. the marriage is healthy, mm-hmm. uh, they're, it's productive, they're working together uh, to bear bear fruit. And... Um, but but that takes work. Absolutely. It takes some diligence between the two parties, husband right. and wife, to bring about that situation. So just think about that. Think about a situation in which mm-hmm. there, are, there are children in the home mm-hmm. and you have this kind of peaceful relationship between mom and dad mm-hmm. where they're working together. Right. They're in sync. They, they may not always see eye to eye on everything, but right. they come to a working solution. And the children are growing up in that kind of healthy environment. Well, that's going to be wonderful for the children. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a situation where there's conflict and there's, um, uh, you know, strife, uh, there's this uh, kind of cloud of disagreement and animosity in the air, or whether there's just isolation, that's that's not going to be good. That's right. That's right. I'd say one last thing, and I, I said Romans twelve seventeen, but it's Romans twelve eighteen. But what I like about that, as much as it depends upon you. When we think about the, if we have the absence of peace, there's a tendency for us to look across the aisle and say, well, if she would do this or he yeah. would do that. No, the Lord says you work on yourself because let's be honest, we cannot change other people. Even if someone as close to you as your wife or your husband, you cannot change them. They can change themselves. But what you can do is change you. You can work on the things you do and make sure you're promoting peace. And what we see tends to happen is when you do your part, guess what? It tends to be reciprocated. Yeah. They do their part. Yeah. 
The last thing is we'll mention here, we just don't have time to go in, into it in any detail, is verse 2, mm-hmm. showing tolerance for one another in love. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, absolutely. you know, as long as we're talking about these qualities, right. we need to mention that as absolutely. well. And so there's humility and gentleness and patience, tolerance and forbearance, diligence, and the greatest of these is love. Amen. And love is that commitment. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. It's not just a feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are feelings involved sure. when we love right. each other. Right. But it's a choice to act in a way that's for the other's good, even if we have to sacrifice, even when they don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So that's God's mm-hmm. love toward mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And that's the love that we are commanded to have. Mm-hmm. This is not a suggestion uh, it's not good advice. This is a commandment <laughs> right. given by God that husbands love their wives and right. wives love their husbands. And so you right. be committed to their well-being, mm-hmm. even if it means you have to give up something mm-hmm. for yourself, mm-hmm. and even if it means they don't always deserve it. Mm-hmm. And so, the, like we said, the, the greatest of these qualities is love because gentleness is included in love. Patience right. is included in love. Right. Forbearance is included in love. And if we can develop that, of course, within we're uh, well on our way to having Amen. a good, thriving marriage between husband and wife. Amen. You know, what we're doing, and it's especially true if you have two Christians married to each other, which certainly is the ideal, uh, we're trying to become more godlike. Not, not in terms of power and things that well beyond our capacity, but in terms of our disposition, our character. We want to be like God. God is merciful. God is loving. God is caring. Uh, God is sacrificial. All those things we see in God, we need to be working on developing in ourselves. And what better place to work on those than within the crucible of marriage? Because that, again, is the closest fleshly relationship that yeah, we're supposed to have. Right. It's the only relationship described as the one flesh relationship. That's right. And you've reminded me of some. We might as well be maybe a good comment to make at the end. We're going to move on into chapter 6 in our, our next session. But we began by saying, if you want to have a good marriage, you need to be a good Christian. That's right. That's and right. And if you can develop the characteristics of a good Christian, right, right. you'll be a better husband. You will be. And if you can develop the characteristics of being a good a good Christian, you'll be a better wife. Absolutely. And your marriage will thrive. And so you talked about trying to become like God. Yes. And we do that, of course, by being the kind of that's Christian right. that He wants us to be. And that's going to have all kinds of beneficial, beneficial effects on our life, including, including marriage. Amen. We appreciate everybody Absolutely. being with us today and hope that we've said some things. They might, you might have heard them many times before, mm-hmm. but maybe refresh your memory. And maybe you've thought about a thing or two in your own life that mm-hmm. need to improve on and need to work on. And right. if we've been able to do that, we've had a, a good a good podcast. <laughs> we appreciate everybody being with us today. Kevin, would you like to close sure. us out with a word of prayer? Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we're just so very thankful to you and all the things that you have done for us in the past. Blessed us in so many ways beyond measure. Uh, we're so unworthy of your blessings and your grace and your caretaking, and yet we appreciate so very much all those things you do for us. The simple things in life, the basic things, food, clothing, and shelter, and the standard of living that we enjoy, but especially in this country, it really is unparalleled in the world. Thank you for our jobs that we have to provide for ourselves and for our families, and uh, also to help those who are in need and certainly to advance your kingdom. We're so very thankful, though, most especially for your son who died on the cross for our sins. There's nothing like the promise of salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. For those of us who have put on uh, your son, Jesus, in baptism, we're just so very thankful uh, for that relationship that we now have, that that we enjoy uh, the relationship as being adopted children. And what a wonderful thing it is to have you as our Father. We're so very thankful for that. We've been talking uh, this uh, this podcast about marriage and things that will be helpful to our marriage. And please help us, uh, those of us who are married, to adopt these attitudes of being uh, long-suffering and patient 
and uh, being willing to listen to the other side and listen to what they have to say, be attentive to the needs of our spouses, uh, to certainly love. That's the most important thing is to love uh, our neighbor as ourself, and uh, we have no greater neighbor in terms of this fleshly existence than our wives and our husbands, and please help us to love them as we should and look to you, look to your word, look to the characteristics that you have displayed uh, throughout the word uh, that you've given to us, and to put those things on. As uh, Brother Bob has said, if we're good Christians, simply doing the things you would have us to do anyway, certainly that's going to make us better husbands, that's going to make us better wives. Let's be intentional in promoting peace. It's something to work at. It doesn't come natural necessarily. We don't want to take anything for granted and just say, by virtue of the fact that we are married, we will have a peaceful existence. No, we really have to be deliberate and intentional about our conduct, yielding to the other, looking out for the other, looking out not just for our own interests, proactively trying to please the other. So many things that we need to do. Uh, it certainly is a daunting endeavor, but something that can be done uh, with humility if we will adhere to the script and to the playbook that you've given to us. So we thank you for all these instructions. We thank you for marriage itself. It is wonderful uh, for those of us that are in marriages where we're doing what we ought to be doing. And although there's always room for improvement, we can still see that's a blessing from thy hand. We thank you for all these things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.